Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it is myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Jay Noon and Joa. Joa, you brought in uh, this video for... Uh, the title says Mississippi Civil Rights Museum trespassed me for free speech. You want to tell us a little bit on it? Yeah, there's this guy, uh, Honor Your Oath on YouTube, and he just... On Your Oath? Honor Your Oath. Oh, honor Your Oath, yes. okay. And uh, he, uh, all he ever does is the same thing over and over again. He just holds a cardboard sign that says, God bless homeless vets. Okay. He doesn't ask for money. He never, you know, even though panhandling is not illegal, Supreme Court ruled, he's not even doing that either. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. They tell him to leave under threat of arrest at a civil rights museum. And this is in Mississippi, you were saying, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, In Jackson, Mississippi. All right, so we're just going to bring up, you brought in this video. We're going to start it around the the 3.30 mark. Let's have a listen. Yeah, I was whatever. But you can sit right there, man. We ain't going to stop. Ask him if I can. God bless the homeless man. Yeah. Ask him if I can stand up, up here because it's uh, public property. I'm not right. trying to be difficult, but I know, I know, I, know. I have just as much right to be up here as I do right, on the right, sidewalk. Right. I think. Oh, okay. See that they complaining that sign. That, that, that's what I say. Man, yeah. I understand everything y'all did. Like I said, my dad, it was like that. Yeah. Hey, it just makes. So I, I just stand and get your word out. Yes, sir. Stand on the sidewalk. I, I, I. All right. So what we're seeing in the video, for you know, of course, you can't see over the radio. Uh, seems to be a cameraman. Uh, who's been confronted by some police and or security folk. Yeah, there was security of the uh, museum there. Okay. Yep. And But they you know, they threatened to call the police to get him arrested because now he's trespassing. But uh, he's not trespassing because that museum isn't private. It is owned by the state of Mississippi, and that's all public land. Right. Yeah, he has the right to go right up to the doors if he wants to. And uh, this is uh, disgusting, and like I, I feel like... You know, free speech is dead when you can't even, like, hold a sign supporting civil rights. <laughs> so all this guy was doing, the, the cameraman, uh, was holding a sign? That's it. Just a cardboard, handwritten sign. God bless homeless vets. And they tried to, well, they did trespass him, right? Yeah, yeah. So for those of the listeners who don't know what, you know, being trespassed is, can you describe that? So they tell you to leave the property, which is public property, so it's ironic. And they, you know, they're telling them to go to the sidewalk. So, um, yeah, so you're, you've been trespassed. Now, if you're criminally trespassed, that's because you re-enter the property after being trespassed or you jumped the fence and said no trespassing, right? Or mm. that sort of thing. So, yeah. What if, he didn't uh, criminally trespass. What if instead of holding a sign that said, God bless the homeless vet or something. Is that what it said? That's what it said. God bless the homeless vet. What if vet. he was wearing a t-shirt that said that? Sure. You know? I would. I don't like, know. Good question. It seems question. to me like it doesn't matter, you know, what, you know, version of media you have on, you should be treated the same regardless. I mean, sometimes you see people walking around and they're and, and they're wearing the sign, like a, like a you know, big sombrero solid t-shirt yeah. thing, you know? And, yeah. Uh, I mean. Sandwich board style right, or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's basically the same thing. Yeah. Well, this guy was wearing, uh, a, well, someone uh, challenged, uh, you know, he had F the draft, right? Mm-hmm. He was holding a sign on campus and they arrested him and he fought it and he won. And then somebody else uh, used that case law uh, when he got arrested held for contempt because some uh, this guy wore a shirt, F the draft, into court. And so the guy used case law and he won. So it's like it proves that we have the right to say these things and do these things, 
And I, it's ironic that that's you know an ultimate civil right to be able to say whatever you want. The problem is, is when you have uh, individuals that are you know, have the ability to exercise qualified immunity, right, mm-hmm. right, and they've been doing this for decades and decades now. It, it's created this culture of people that you know are just generally used to getting away with things, arresting people. Like here in New Hampshire, several times now over the years, people have been uh, charged with wiretapping for you know videotaping the cat cops right and in multiple situations you know previous to uh, you know a bunch of these arrests uh you know civil lawsuits were filed for um you know arresting these people for filming and like the Ware police department for example has paid out at least three times uh that that i'm aware of in like the last seven or eight years uh settlements and they still you know continue to arrest people for you know um uh and charge them with wiretapping for videotaping the police after you know the the, the Glick decision. Simon Glick, you know the, the yeah. federal court in Boston, basically said uh, that government employees have no expectation of privacy, and but they just keep doing it and doing it because there's no actual uh, punishment for these government employees. Nobody stays after school, and you know this is one of the things I want to get into. I was telling you guys about a uh, DCYF, um, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, notice and demand, basically an affidavit that's going to be sent to um, state representatives and Lori Reaver, the uh, commissioner of uh, health and human services, to correct some of these problems. Because and 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 this af- particular affidavit process, I'm going to I'd like to talk about tonight is going to sort of talk about how it can be used to you to utilize the state rep- state representatives in New Hampshire to exercise their constitutional duty and authority to exercise their checks and balances against other branches of government who are violating the people's rights. It's my opinion that the federal government has incentivized the splitting of the, the natural family, right? The mom, the dad, and the children, right? Uh, Black if, Lives Matter, that was one of their, you know, uh, part yeah. of their manifesto or whatever. If, if for no other reason than to double the tax base, right? So previously you had, you know, single income families, right? The man went out and earned, right? The, there was the stay-at-home mom. There was this sort of... Uh, uh, nuclear family nuclear family if you will and like you could afford to do that back in the day before i was born anyway uh but uh, the government has incentivized uh, people and businesses through taxation through legislation to split that and so now we have two or even three income families depending on who's got more than one job uh, and what that does is it doubles the tax base, but it also divides the family because now you have people sending their kids to daycare as children instead of raising them themselves. Uh, and so the incentive, of course, for the government is to, well, collect more taxation, right? The There is no incentive for the family to achieve you know, that sort of nuclear family type of uh, situation. Not a government financial incentive. Right. So the government's always financing the worst stuff. If you look at food, for example, like all, all in order to get government subsidized crop insurance, you have to use Monsanto growing practices. Right. And we all oh, know that you know, glyphosate, Roundup, uh, all the chemicals, atrazine, all the Monsanto, you know, patented certified stuff is like horrible. horrible. The synthetic yeah. chemicals, everything. Yep. One thing I wanted to uh, sort of jump back into, I was starting to mention J.R. Hole here. So Granite State University is like one of these, you know, liberal academic colleges here in New Hampshire. And they actually had a class called Maximizing Revenue for DCYF. That was a class for specifically, you know, tailored towards DCYF social workers to take. Because uh, what what, what people don't understand here is 
the reason a lot of like cops, for example, are like very aggressive about you're going to have an inspection sticker, you know, you're going to have um, like um, I, I have a local f- uh, farmer friend here and, you know, farm plates and agricultural plates are like special restriction here in New Hampshire. Yep. And so a uh, uh, sheriff pulled him over and gave him a hard time about being in the, you know, Dunkin Donuts parking lot with his truck with an agricultural plate. And he was only three miles from his farm and you're not, you know, you're only limited like 20 miles or whatever, yep. but they're very inexpensive plates and it's agricultural. And he says to me, why would he care? Because all these guys are trained that they must maximize revenue for whatever agency they work for That's because horrible. their pension depends on it. Right. Of and, course. And, and another thing, getting back into pensions here. So, like, uh, Bonnie did a really good job, from what I understand. I haven't watched a video in her trial bringing up the uh, conflict of interest between a judge and a prosecutor. <laughs> she did. I was there. Yeah. I, it was... Uh, it went it went differently than I thought it was going to, especially when she brought up the conflict of interest. Uh, eventually, the judge uh, just simply ruled that you know the state didn't have enough evidence, or the city didn't have enough evidence. Yep. So the conflict of interest thing that I want to put out there is judicial pension fund. Okay. So both the prosecutor and the judge are going to benefit from this judicial pension fund. So they have a major incentive to stack this judicial pension fund and make it fat now there's a guy his name is jeff younger uh where i heard of, heard of him was on uh tim cast irl but if you were to yep. internet search jeff younger tim cast you could come up with his thing and you guys should listen to it jeff younger talks about how when child support is awarded to uh whoever it doesn't matter a mother or a father but when child support is awarded 66 percent of that child support award is put in is given to the uh, judicial pension fund is deposited into the judicial pension fund from the federal government from I believe the social security uh, trust fund. Essentially, the guy who is sort of um, uh, instructing this, come up, help come up with the affidavit. The, the main guy behind this is a guy named David Jose. Mm-hmm. If you internet search David Jose, there's a bunch of YouTube videos about him. Uh, I was just trying to find what his actual website is called here in a Telegram chat, but I have I was you, know, they okay. get, you get pretty lost in these Telegram chats. Easy, it's hard to find stuff. But <laughs> David Jose, uh, he publishes a, a lot of stuff on Rumble, um, you know, uh, pretty regular regularly. He, there is some stuff on YouTube, but he doesn't put anything on YouTube, and a lot of his YouTube stuff has come down. He is from Arizona. He's been very successful in. Uh, fights against DCYF, DCYF, or Child Protective Services came against him several years ago, and he basically sat down and studied uh, this, you know, sort of common law, the constitutional law stuff, you know, um, claiming that, you, you know, it's very first thing is, you know, one of the first things it says in this document, uh, in this uh, affidavit is, uh, you know, that the uh, people yet, you know, uh, I am one of the people, as seen in New Hampshire Constitution, which is like the highest uh, authority as one of the people. You know, the governments are servant, government employees are servants of the people. And so, yeah, that's David Jose right there. Okay. Uh, he's a uh, cr- Christian religious fella. So he talks a lot about, you know, God and Christ and, you know, which is which is fine. I'm not not super like into that stuff. I, I, I kind of like the idea of a great spirit. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I know there's something out there that's higher and greater than us. I just don't know really how to describe it or I've, provide uh, evidence of it. I've, I've come back. I used to be, uh, you know, a loud, if you will, atheist, right? And by loud, I mean not all loud, but like, you know, loud about, hey, uh, I don't really like any religion. Uh, they all claim to be, you know, superior to each other and why that just doesn't agree with me. Uh, but I've uh, rolled that back. I now claim agnostic 
uh, for the reasons that you just cited, I am in no way, shape, or form smart enough to say that there isn't something you know that I don't understand that exists in the world. Right, yeah. there totally. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I already don't understand uh, about the world. Right, I would, there I, are specialists in things and people who know stuff about things that I've never heard of. So uh, it would be ignorant for me to believe that there wouldn't be something else out there that I don't understand. That you know, maybe people are able to tap into, or maybe it's a, you know, we'll call it force of nature, serendipity. Right, these are words yep. that I use frequently to describe these things as happening. So. Uh, yeah, I've certainly rolled back to agnostic on that. Yeah, I, I, if you want to hear like the best logical argument for atheism, I, I would suggest listening to George Carlin. And then, but it's not about logic; it's about faith. And I kind of believe a little bit here, you know. Like I definitely believe it. And uh, the thing is, you know, it's out of our control one way or another. We have like the mechanisms control is our our own destiny, but it's not set faith. And I don't think like set fate uh, for what we do in our life. And I think it's good guidance in some ways, but, you know, some people use it in perverted ways. So you can use it for good or evil. So the uh, the thing with, um, you know, religion getting into, like, like some people I, I pass stuff on to, they're like, oh, this guy's like a Christian, whatever. And it's like, so what? You know, the the, the way I look at it is, you know, and actually it's a quote from a uh, Robert Earl Keene song is... Uh, Buddha would have been a good Christian, and <laughs> and and Christ would have, and would have been a good Buddhist. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I heard that song recently. That's a yeah. great song. Anyways, uh, you know, and and the thing is, is there is so much good stuff and so many like you know well-meaning like you know lessons and instructions in pretty much all the religions. So I got friends that are like Jewish. I got friends that are Muslim. I got friends that are Christian. And I must say, I like what a lot of these guys have had to say about their religion and certain parts about their religion. But anyways, that. That's sort of relevant. The idea of this um, uh, of this affidavit process is that when an affidavit is filed, it stands as the truth until it's rebutted. Okay. And then the other idea of this particular affidavit is we're writing these to state representatives because we are instructing our state representatives as the people to do something, to put a stop to... You know, these statutory created and, and, and this is what my interpretation is and my, my desire of the affidavit is to put a stop to these, you know, uh, statutory cr- statutorily created entities from violating our rights, from having any power. Sure. And uh, and, and, th- and I can actually read just a little bit uh, sort of kind of the, you know, the meat uh, of this. Yeah, give uh, us some highlights. So take notice that the people have a common law private right to protect or to uh, yeah, take notice that the people have common law private rights protected from any compelling public interest the government may claim it has to take children, especially when the government has no firsthand witness sworn affidavits of a trespass by any one of the people toward another one of the people. Kids uh, who oh, yeah. disappear every year from foster systems, yep. you know, child protection services, uh, even newborns who yeah, just psst, vanish. Montgomery Where do Har- they go? Montgomery Harmony is one. Uh, she was uh, taken from the mom. The mom was having some type of substance abuse issue. Didn't seem like she was really a bad mother from what I could tell. And sort of given to the father. And the father was like, um, from what I understand, I could be a little wrong. And it's been a while since I got into it. But basically the mom's like, where's my baby? Where's my baby? You took my kid. And they're like, yeah, nothing from DCYF. She's going crazy about it. And then turns out the baby's been missing for two years. Nobody had contact with it. Jeez. You know, the the father, it, you know, got some, you know, dead known prostitute and, you know, in his um, apartment in Manchester. You know, the guy's like a drug dealer. He, 
the, his mugshot looks like you know somebody who was on a cast of, of um, you know Breaking Bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, just you know, typical whatever. Yeah, you know, junkie. Yeah, yep. and um, so, anyways, uh, the the kid's just missing. And that's gonna be a, that. And that's a massive liability to the people. Oh yeah. Uh, another reason that an, a, a, an affidavit like this is of very much of interest should be of interest to anyone in New Hampshire who pays taxes. So if you buy gasoline. Or you went to a, a restaurant, you've paid some taxes, or you own some land, you pay some taxes, you register a car, you pay some taxes. The second, I believe it's uh, Article 2 of the New Hampshire Constitution talks about how taxpayers, which is not a term I like to identify sure, as, yeah. but they have a right to sue the state. Yeah. So by in, in, by the qualified immunity, by the, you know, the fact that these social workers are literally trained to maximize revenue for DCYF, that these people are extremely inefficient, they cost a lot of money. Uh, and they are driving. They are making your taxes go up. They are. They are clearly just wasting time, wasting money, especially with my case. And I caught them. Most people don't catch them in these kind of lies. Don't point out these kind of lies because they're just scared. And they usually hire a lawyer, and a lawyer tells them just to cooperate and just to go along to get along. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, plea bargain because the p- purpose of a lawyer is keep everybody in the box. Right. Yeah. So Got more money too. <laughs> it's just another money pit. Uh, I wanted to say, uh, it looks like your YouTube channel is at jnoon4501, and that's J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E, for those of you who don't know how to spell Mr. Noon's name, uh, at jnoon4501. Um, If folks in New Hampshire want to support you and this affidavit and the people who've assisted you putting this together, how can they do that? Uh, well, to, okay. So my website is not set up for this yet. I was actually just, uh, earlier today talking with a guy to help me out on, you know, who helps me out with this. I'm going to make a, a link on my website specifically to this affidavit. Okay. Uh, hopefully that'll happen within the next 24 hours. I, I honestly don't even know how to do that part. Uh, but, uh, okay. you're yeah, human. Yep. What? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, uh, so to, to, uh, to help out me, um, if you wanted to email me, j at jnoon.com, that's okay. J-A-Y at J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com, and you, you want to, uh, I'll send you a direct link to the to this particular affidavit, but if you're uh, on New Hampshire and you are disgusted with, you know, what's going on with DCYF and the fact, and, the, and in this particular case, DCYF and Concord Police have uh, colluded uh, against my wife because what had happened is, the social workers, you know, lied in, in in two affidavits that about what the police had said and police had stated. The poli- the chief of police actually went into court, mm-hmm. um, did an expedited motion to intervene, and got a motion to vacate. They actually put a um, uh, a contempt order on us, which is a, you know just some bogus. Uh, it's all bogus in, in family court because you know you can't put hold someone in contempt unless they've been ordered to do something, and the assessment doesn't order. You know, the mom or dad in, in these cases do something in order as a police officer. Uh-huh. Oh, here's a whole other element. I said to the local police to go, hey, you guys want to commit this, uh, uh, c- complete this assessment? Go for it. And DCYF told the local police they weren't qualified to, c- to, to do the assessment because Jeez. DCYF does not get the federal <laughs> government money right. unless they yeah. do it. Even though the order, the assessment order says a police officer, money, a social money. worker shall, you know, inspect premises, interview child, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it's a whole racketeering scam. Uh, and, and we need to pressure the people in legislature via these affidavits. We, as the people, need to order our servants to do their job. And uh, my intention is to shut down DCYF so it can't violate anyone else's rights because the 
taxpayers of New Hampshire have paid out over $300 million, quite literally, in the past decade in settlements by DCYF. And then you got that whole Sununu Center where they've been, where they were raping kids for years. Right. And, uh, and you know, nobody's gone, stayed after school. Nobody's went for detention. And this is also why we have to get rid of qualified immunity. We need to get rid of the federal government, kick it out of our life because the federal government is pouring tons of money into this to make this stuff happen. I believe this is Ricky from the Commonwealth. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Brother Captain. Brother Jay. Brother Joe, I've been a hey. while. Good evening. How are, you? How are you? It's on your mind, Ricky. I'm doing this. Well, today, tonight's a special night, and I'm glad Brother Jay's on. And I wanted to help me at first for, the, for all the listeners. See, I'm wearing something very special tonight. Uh... I got my package today, and I got my – well, I'll tell, talk about that a little bit, but I got my special battle flag. Now, Brother Jay, if you could do Ricky from the Commonwealth a favor, I'd really appreciate it. If you could tell all the listeners just a little bit about uh, the battle flag of North Virginia Army, the one that's square with the border, and kind of tell them a little bit about Wait, it and describe it. Before he, does, before he does, I just want to know, Ricky, are you wearing it like – Tied around like your neck, like a cape or something? Are you like super even, Ricky even with the battle flag? Even better. See, I wore the wrong one like so many do, the three by five. This is a three foot by three foot square. And uh-huh. what I do is I have the two ends, the grommets. They're on my pectoral muscles with double face tape. I'm wearing <laughs> now, and it comes down to my on waist. Your, on your nipple rings? Oh, uh, a little bit. No, I don't, I don't have nickel rings, but that's all right if people do. You know, if it's right above that, though, and right. it comes down to my waist. I'm so envisioning all this right now. All right, all right. Well, let's, let's let Jay answer uh, your question. Sorry to disappoint you. I, I don't know really anything about this Virginia uh, square flag. I know the Virginia Constitution is really good. It's got pretty great um, you know, stuff in it, but I'm sorry, Ricky. Well, well, maybe I better describe it. There you go. See, everybody does have the wrong one, which is a, a rectangle flag with the elongated cross. Uh, and now here's the differences. Uh, the the battle flag in North Virginia Army, this was the one that was not officially adopted, but was uh, by, by 1863, for all intents and purposes, uh, the flag of the Confederacy. It's... This is three by three feet exactly square. It's got a border around it, maybe, I don't know, about an inch. Uh, now, of course, you have the elongated, elongated cross, which look a little different because it's square. Now, you have the stripes along each side of the cross. Then you have the stars. But then the most important thing is the shade of red, but most importantly is the shade of blue. See, because the Navy flag had like a royal blue. The best one I could describe this is... What did it represent again? What was it representing? The battle flag of North Virginia Army. This was the flag of the Confederacy. So it was just representing where the battlefield was? The battle flag? I'm not sure. That was General Lee's army there, Brother Joe. That was the flag of the Confederacy. This is the one the flag bearer carried in battle. This is the one people had in the 1860s, not the other one. That was of the Navy. Now, my particular one, see, the one I had in, in 17, that was I, a I hear what you're saying. Flag. I hear you saying. Like, that was a $26 flag. This had to be hand-sewn and put together in right, pieces. Right, right, right. Okay, this is a $356 flag. Now, uh, how, how, much, how much did you pay for this? $356 flag. 
Oh. I had a hell of a time finding so it's, this. Is this the uh, is this the flag on top of the General Lee of the Dukes of Hazard? Correct. That's okay. the only place you. That's ever all you had to say. This is the war. Let's talk about library LBRY. Oh, um, <laughs> oh man, it, it's such a sad thing to have to talk about. But uh, an Odyssey has posted uh, the end of Library Inc. LBRY. Uh, Longtime listeners of Free Talk Live will know that Library uh, was uh, trying to be a competitor uh, to YouTube uh, with more freedom, right? Whereas YouTube is full of censorship and, you know, strikes and, you know, canceling people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Library attempted to be that which YouTube is not. And uh, they ran into some problems with the man, of course. Uh, Yeah, can I read it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, it wasn't a man. It was a statutory creature. No, it's very far from being creature. a man. We are men. The the man, right, is, <laughs> you know, the the euphemism for government. Yeah, that's going to stop because government is not a what man. What do you call it? A statutory creature? It's a statutory creature, is just it, like DCYF is a statutory creature, like it, I was reading. Is it really a creature, though? Yes, I and mean, that is what it's... Yeah, it's, it's it, certainly a beast. It's a creation of the legislature. So the Securities and Exchange Commission is who came against LR, LBRY. Right. And they are a creation of essentially the legislative branch. Uh, they are, which you know, which basically, the, so the whole purpose of the legislature, far as I can tell, yeah. is to regulate executive creatures, the creatures, the the, the creations I, of the I'm, executive branch. I'm just having a hard time with the word creature because creatures to me are are physical beings, whereas uh, legislation is all inside of our heads. It's well, like, yeah, it's. It's a it's a two dimensional entity is what I've called right. it because it's just words on paper. Right, that's all it is. But yeah, they 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 refer to them as statutory creatures in law. Okay, so that's a legal like term. Creators, yeah. but yep. creatures. Okay. Like, right. I think that's how. Uh, Don't anyways. fight the man, be the man. Uh, yeah, definitely. Or uh, be man at least. Well, I don't think that's just not really. I think it's we're about to talk about just the opposite here. But this is the end of Library Inc. Let me read this here. Library Inc. must die. There is no escaping this. It has lost a judgment to the federal government. I know I was there. I went to that court. Has several million dollars in debts and has pledged to shut down. This will be our last post. And then they show they show a little thumbnail, a little uh, movie screen clip of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You can't win, you pathetic life form. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine and yeah and jeremy is going to be starting new ventures so it's, he's that's, not done that's jeremy cough that's Kaufman, right jeremy the founder Kaufman, of yes. library and odyssey and uh you know they just they go on to what's happening with library and uh i read this earlier but i think in a nutshell what they're saying is it's going to exist as long as there's people mining to keep the blockchain alive and uh i think there's enough out there actually this may because it's out of Odyssey and library's control, well, not Odyssey really, but the library's control, it almost like lays it on the people for, say that, you know, th- this uh, method to exist. And I think that's the way it should be, just like how the government should get out of libraries, you know, like we should have more private libraries everywhere. I'm just making a pun with that, but it's the same concept, you know, privatization and government uh not be able to reach into and censor and it- well all the modern day you know online libraries are essentially censored heavily censored well, yeah and and they're and they're 
digital burning of information is essentially what it is. So apparently I'm wrong, and I just want to dwell on maybe the first uh, paragraph yeah, go here. Ahead, go so, ahead, yeah. um, so, of course, the SEC got involved, uh, but it says uh, all assets, including Odyssey, are being placed into receivership. As of this post, all library executives, employees, and board members have resigned. All will be doing what is required to satisfy any outstanding legal requirements, but no more than that. Of course, why else would, I mean, why would you do anything right, more right. than what's required? Uh, what is happening to the library network? Fortunately, LBRY isn't our network. It's a decentralized network, and all of the code powering it is open source, which I find interesting, and I actually applaud that. Because uh, that means any industrious person, persons, anonymous or otherwise, can go and copy this code and make it into something that, uh, in theory, uh, governments can't touch. A decentralized autonomous organization of sorts, uh, if you will. And if, if you don't know what open source is and how that's important, is that this is something that you could learn how to code not, and you can look at their code and decipher how they built this, how they built their websites, and how they built this blockchain technology, and then you can change and alter it and update it the way you see fit, because it's open source. You can to just, where they didn't they didn't hide anything, you know. To where I mean? like the source on uh, YouTube, I doubt is open. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you you can't go look and see what the YouTube al- algorithm's doing and no, what it's no, pushing. No. And, so you can do all this stuff on LBRY, which you know makes it really transparent. And, you know, because, you know, YouTube and and Twitter and all these guys, they do, you know, shadow banning and, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it's just like with the voting machines. The voting machines have this software that you cannot look up. Not open source. And they Congress can can't even look at it. Uh, election committees can't even look at it because it's proprietary, private software of a for-profit corporation. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Uh, it's Mr. David Ridley of the RidleyReport.com. Oh. Or is it RidleyReport.com? Or is it Gandhi? Yeah, if you type the, you're going to go nowhere. <laughs> so RidleyReport.com. Dave Ridley, everybody. Welcome. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, I was already planning on calling in about Jeremy Kaufman tonight. Okay, so uh, for those listeners who don't know, uh, in the previous segment, we were talking about LBRY, also yep. pronounced library, and it has made a post uh, you know, basically asking, is this the end of library? And we started to get into that, but uh, Jeremy Kaufman is the founder of Library and Odyssey. So, uh, Mr. Ridley, what did you want to talk about? Well, I guess he must be the uh, the rogue of the hour, um, if we're both talking about it. But I was calling him for different reasons, and I finally got around to listening to the you know, to the hearing that they held for him for the, the Free State Project when they they kicked him off the board. Oh right, I have not yeah. watched that. Yet. Oh man, that was yeah. It it like what? I watched like I don't know thirty seconds of it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I've had enough of this. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. It was not appealing That's to me. All, that was enough. I was me. like, I'm not, this isn't going to entertain me. It'll only frustrate me. And uh, I've, you know, I've got better things to do with my life. But go ahead. Dave's got a summary, I hope. Well, yeah, I, uh, like they said, like that one guy once said, I read Bill Gates' book, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually found it pretty interesting. And uh, both, so both, both Jeremy and one of the members on the board that voted to, to can him, both of them have been advertisers on the Riddler Report, or they've donated money to okay. the Riddler Report. So uh, I guess I'd, I'm maybe a little bit non-biased, and I didn't really care. I really don't care much what happens on the Free State Board. But watching this was interesting. Uh, and and uh, what was most interesting was that um, everyone seemed to – well, not everyone. It seemed like mainly Jeremy – and Carla wanted to just yell over each other at the, at the whole time. They were, it seemed like they were interrupting each other a lot. Uh, hardly anyone else did any talking. Jason Sorens did some talking, who's the founder of the Free State Project. Um, but you know him, he's kind of got that Harry Potter vibe. Uh, but what was interesting was they, they <laughs> accused does, him of, <laughs> I, I'm still kind of not even, sh- they were accusing him of something, but it was just so vague. It was like, you yelled at someone at a port, at port fest during, American Idol, and you said things we don't like, but they didn't quote anything that he said. Um, and you mean, I, you mean the again, you lose, you're on. a loser. That's that's what Jeremy said to some guy. It was it wasn't really nice, but you know that's what happened on that. Or are we talking about at he apologized. Now, he apologized for it, um, and uh, but again, he seemed to do. He seemed to be doing a almost half the talking. He was definitely doing the plurality of the talking, but it was more like, it felt more like half. Well, you're and on the fence, you know, I felt. You know, he, felt, he was a little yeah. bit, you know. Uh, and um, uh, so, but some of the things that they accused him of were really what was telling to me, and that was disturbing that they were, that this would even be considered an accusation. So I have some quotes here. Carla Garrick says, quote, you told me you would not obey, unquote. <laughs> I mean, how is that not just like part of being the Free State Project, right? Is, is he even libertarian? <laughs> and, and um, uh, but then Jason also, I'm uh, not Jason, um, uh, Jeremy also, you know, said something that was a little bit disturbing. Uh, Jason accused Jeremy of defending apartheid in a post, which, of course, he didn't quote. So what does that mean, defending apartheid? We, 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 did you even say which, which apartheid are they talking about, right? The one in Israel or the one in South Africa? Mm-hmm. Or the one in America. Anymore. Right. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And um, uh, so, but then he told Jason after this ac- accusation, instead of just quoting himself or demanding a quote, he, he tells Jason to, quote, shut the F-bomb up. Quote, but he didn't say F bomb. <laughs> he right. said the F bomb, right? I'm sure, yeah. So um, that was kind of rude. And um, uh, then, um, but here's, a, here's another here's another quote that stood out to me. This was from Carla. Quote, she's saying to Jeremy, "Quote, you did not follow corporate etiquette." <laughs> corporate, corporate etiquette. etiquette. Well, all right. So I, I remember watching this, but wasn't it really about money? Wasn't it about yeah, money? Sorens admitted they were, op- they were op- yeah, that it was about. They were pretty open about open about that. Yeah, well, that's they, also why they kicked Ian out. Uh, you know, uninvited Ian. Let's say you know a few years back, it was because there was a donor that was donating a uh, you know an s ton of money to the yep. Free State Project, who's basically like, I'm not going to donate. You're going to lose me unless you get rid of them. That's crazy. And, uh, because that's why they got. That's that's the only reason. 
Well, there's this saying, you know, by their grievances shall ye know them, right? And so if this, if this is my strongest grievance against the Free State Project, is they had some quotes I didn't like and they fired a guy from the board and they once wouldn't let Ian come to Porkfest for a while. I mean, after 20 years of existing, it could be a lot worse. They still pull people to New Hampshire. They still have a good pork fest. They still have a good Liberty Forum. Uh, so, it, you know, it could be a lot worse. But, you know, what, there were two other things that I, that I noticed in this, this thing. Like, for instance, like it, during the Siege of Mostar in, in um, Bosnia, the Bosnian army insisted on bringing in reporters, which, like, to me, that was a huge clue that they were probably in the right in this particular part of the war. And um, it, it's the same, it was this, kind of the same way with Jeremy. He said, you know, I insist on having this, you know, this conversation broadcast, right? And they were reluctant to have it broadcast. They so were, again, when the one, the one who wants transparency is usually going to be closer to the one who's in the right. And that was just the, the final observation. That's funny you bring that up because uh, Sorens uh, had made a post saying this video will be removed soon. And guess what I did? I downloaded it. Yeah, it was up on Odyssey. I I have it downloaded. And a couple of other places, like, instantaneously. So, And actually, there was another thing about it, too. They kept bleeping out the names of people while they were talking. Like, there there was some, they would go back in and edit out, so-and-so, beep, accused you of beep, you know, or, or, you know, they didn't didn't bleep out the second part. But it's like, wait a minute, no, what, why, wait, why? So, but on the other hand, they did upload it, uh, and they they uploaded uploaded it on Jeremy's old platform. So, isn't that weird? It's just it's so many. It's all incestuous now. I guess now it's on the blockchain. What are you gonna do now, Sorens? Like I'm with you, Dave. As far as like, yeah, the drama is the drama, and I mean, you can't get a group of people together of any size without some sort of drama happening at some point. So, like, that's to be expected. Um, you know, I still respect uh, the Free State Project as a movement and all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to Pork Fest, even though they've, you know, had I've got my issues with them as an organization. Uh, so I think you're right. I think they're good far outweighs the, the bad. It's just that when I watched that video, I was like, I, I, I ain't got time for this. Well, there's there's a new director for Pork Fest next year. Yeah, I know. So I've, that might be good news. Yeah, I don't, yeah okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd like to throw in uh, one little thing about Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Kaufman. I can tell you uh, firsthand knowledge that I have yeah. that he is an excellent family man. Yes. And he is a awesome dad. He, he's uh, freaking hilarious, too, man. Well, I mean, so, he's got a sense of humor. Though. So I work with his kids. His, you know, his kids are you know w- within the age, age range of my kids. Yep. And they play together and they hang out. Nice. When my kids hang out with the Kaufman kids... Um, they, you know, my son and my daughter, uh, they come back, you know, with, uh, more like pleasantries and politeness. Um, his, uh, his, his sons, you know, his, she's got a little girl that's, you know, very young. She doesn't talk yet, but his sons are, they're, they're good boys. Uh, they're polite. They're respectful. They follow instructions very well. In fact, uh, nice. his, his oldest son at five years old did blacksmithing at pork fest nice and i can and that kid was that part of man camp but yeah he did man camp at pork fest and he so he made it he made a coat hook um out he forged it out of iron and he like focused really good uh nice. he um you know like just followed instructions you know really well now it wasn't the first time you know him and i had worked together yeah. on it was the first time we blacksmithed together but we've done other things so so he's sure. comfortable with me 
but it, it just my observation of his children show that he is a he's like a he has an A plus for a dad rating as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's high praise. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I pay attention a lot to, you know, a lot of these kids. There are some kids that, you know, um, my kids hang out with them and, you know, they're like have backed up a little bit, digressed. You yeah. know, when they spend a day with them, they kind of, you know, start doing some bratty things or some nonsense or, you know, maybe they'll use a cuss word. Yeah. And uh, but like that definitely doesn't happen when they hang out with Jeremy's kids. So uh, I'm glad that Jeremy's actually not, uh, you know, uh, dealing with the uh, FSP anymore because yeah. now he just has more time to be a dad, which yeah. I think is priority number one. And, as far as and I'm he's concerned. got. You know, arguably more freedom to do well other things. I mean, if being a part of the FSP board was you know his form of activism, in addition to you know founding Odyssey and Library and that kind of a thing, uh, now he has more freedom to do what he wants to do as far yep. as activism is concerned, and he doesn't have to worry about you know a appealing to this other and, set of people he can just go out and do now and, and, I, and I want to thank Jeremy for you know taking around at being the director of uh, Free State Project and yeah, you know, he, his he wife Rachel was for a while yep uh, he did I, a great job actually I think I, I think that's a difficult position to to be in i think no oh, matter yeah. what no matter what you do somebody's not going to be happy with you because yep. it is an organization that is so large uh and uh you know does anybody like really like raise their hand and say me 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 i want to do that <laughs> i you know from what i understand he's like well okay my wife's been doing it and you know i'm kind of helping I'll, he, he just was like I'll, I'll i'll take one for the team guys yeah it, that's kind of seems what it's like to be be the director of and, any of these but you know what this is an illustration of and and I think it's useful for us at Free Talk Live to point this out. Uh, many, many people in the United States refer to politicians as leaders. They're not. These are not leaders. You right. don't look to these people no. to lead you or your children lead, or your lead families us into or anything war, like that, right? Uh, maybe. But, but what you're saying, what you're describing with Jeremy Kaufman is leadership, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> he, a good leader. He yep. decided to, he said, I'm going to put this on my shoulders. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to lead by example. Right and and see what I can and do. And then I'm what happens? A, I get arrested. Well, you know, but but that's that's the difference. Like politicians are not leaders. Politicians are bureaucrats. We talk from time to time here on Free Talk Live about secession. What does that mean? That means uh, removing New Hampshire from well the Union, the United States, becoming its own entity, its own country, if you will. And, and I don't even. I honestly don't even think that's necessary because. The state of New Hampshire is a municipal corporation that needs to be dissolved. That's really where the solution is. And the jurisdiction from the the entity calling itself United States, which is limited to the District of uh, Columbia and territories and possessions, get, has jurisdiction over new over the corporation calling itself New Hampshire, which is essentially a name on a piece of paper. It's just a two dimensional entity, as I like to refer to it. Yes, and that's what really needs to happen. That is actually what ties us to all of these like. You know, federal mandates, federal rules, you know, the um, all, all the corporations status stuff. And, and, yeah. and it all started or a lot of it had really like come into effect and compliance uh, with what's called the Uniform Commercial Code of so 1923. Like in, sort of like interstate commerce type yes. stuff. Yeah. So, so the, there is a difference between the organic nation state of New Hampshire, right. which is a sovereign 
uh, nation state, you know, and and is foreign to the United States, which is just a district of Columbia. It is foreign to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, which is another sovereign nation state of its yeah. own. And all of the 50 states are actually a federation of states called the United States of America. Correct. Just like all of the uh, European Union states are separate nations within a federation called the European Union. So I, I agree with you, and you are correct, factually speaking. Uh, what I want to, why I want to talk about secession here today is because we have some free staters uh, that have proposed some legislation uh, toward the end goal of secession. Now, I uh, not only agree with what you've said, but I think that, well, government is antique, barbaric, and should be abolished completely. Yes. Mankind should be allowed to just sort of live their lives. Uh, you want to know what happens in the absence of government? Well, let's find out. Let us work it out. Mankind has been working out their problems with other people for how yeah. many How many years? Millions of years, perhaps? Right. And, and, like, how long has mankind been around? And, like, government is not a viable way to organize man. Right. Like, every time the legislators... Uh, you know, go along with some federal program, they're giving a little piece of that sovereignty up. Yeah. They're, you know, and we need to give back that sovereignty. So all that being said, uh, I also support anything that pushes mankind in that direction, right? Yes, so o- ultimate individualism. So here are be, some right? people, you know, pushing mankind, pushing, in this case, the state of New Hampshire uh, towards more freedom. And so I want to talk about what they're doing. Uh, This from NHIPAC.org, this says, Second state secession bill filed in New Hampshire legislature. So there's two now. I was aware of one, but there's two different ones now. Uh, For the first time in the state's recorded history, legislators in the New Hampshire House of Representatives have filed two bills aimed at giving voters the opportunity to vote on whether or not New Hampshire will peacefully secede from the United States of America. I want to emphasize peacefully secede from the United States of America. There's no other option. There There is no other option. The government, you know, the federal government has drones and they can just bring in troops from other countries and just, you know, tackle the cause if they want to. So it has to be done peacefully, even though New Hampshire has more guns than any other state. Well, yeah. Per capita. State Representative Matthew Santanastasso has sponsored a groundbreaking new bill that will force the creation of a secession study committee by the Granite State. This comes on the heels of a bill filed recently by State Rep. Jason Gerhard that, if passed, would allow voters to amend the New Hampshire Constitution, declaring that the state will secede from the United States should the national debt reach a staggering $40 trillion. Boy. So just because I want to know, it was at like, uh, I think it was... Thirty-three. I, I like this ultimatum talk, though, because you you need to set a bar. Because when when you do that, people will realize when the time comes that they actually hit that you know that mark. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe we actually did make it to this moment of of debts and stuff. And they're gonna be like, oh yeah, remember those secessionists, the one that told me about it. It's funny because there really isn't any experts on the topic of secession because there's no actual secession. Occurring in recent times in America to be an expert on it. We did, did a, you get my uh, point on that, and I, I I think that was the point why like when they had it when they came up and they had their uh, uh, their arguments and like we got to you know talk to the council and that sort of the board. Um, one of the guys I forget his name right now, at a Wolfboro, the young guy, 
Um, uh, but he was like a outspoken about it. He's like, I talked to experts about secession. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what experts are you talking to? There's only one guy I can think of, uh, and it's Dean Kamen. Uh, so we've, we have we did a story on okay. this, uh, I think Sunday maybe, uh, on Free Talk Live. Sorry, I didn't mean to like, uh, but I just, I think it's funny that there's really no secessionists out no, there. No, you're absolutely right. And this is the exception that proves your point, right? Okay. So Dean Kamen, uh, you may know him as the inventor of this uh, ride around the sidewalk device called the Segway. Oh, yes, yes. You know, the two wheels. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is whatever, an right? anomaly Ridley brought up. Ridley brought this up. Uh, it was yeah. Ridley was one of the people. It was posted in some other chat. We we covered it on Free Talk Live, and then somebody called in and said, "No, that article wasn't true. That was written tongue in cheek." And I, I was I like, can't agree with and it. I was like, uh, I, "Well, I thought maybe there was something to it, but then I went and read more, and I'm like, no, this actually occurred." So uh, what happened is though the state just stopped taking action, right? So right. So like on paper. Did he really get Dumpling Island to secede? Well, he got government to stop attacking him, and he's declared his own independence on his own island. It's a private island uh, that he purchased, and he wanted to build a uh, uh, a tower that was 100 feet. And because he was under the, quote, jurisdiction, unquote, of New York, uh, they wouldn't let him. They were like, nope, Max is 40 feet. Otherwise, you'll annoy your neighbors. Of course, he's on an island. He has no neighbors. Right. so. Uh, he approached uh, Connecticut and w- attempted to get them to annex the island because he felt that it would be a better match. Well, the guy he contacted in Connecticut ended up becoming like his partner in seceding. And so they basically just wrote to government and said, hey, this is what we're doing. We're going to secede. And the government sent threatening letter after threatening letter after threatening letter. They would send some responses back, very similar to kind of the things that you do. I found it very similar to, you know, how you approach things where they're like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this instead. Right. Uh, and, and eventually they the state just backed off, right, because this guy, uh, you know, has some influence. He has money. Uh, he actually lives in New Hampshire. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, gents. Good how evening. How Doing well. How about you? So anyway, you guys brought up uh, cheap Russian oil. Did yeah. you hear what old China Joe did today? What did old China Joe do right today? The, I'm going to circle this right back in the crooked voting machines too. All right. So yeah, he. Uh, you know, we had uh, serious sanctions on Venezuelan oil since I think 15. Okay. Well, Venezuela promised to have fair and honest elections next year. If they would just release the sanctions. So old China Joe, he says, okay, you can sell oil for six months. Well, nobody seems to remember that these crooked Dominion voting machines were born in Venezuela. Go figure. Yeah. I see the connection there. They put them here in Michigan. We had such a stink about it. The next year I went back in, it was the same damn machine except being white and having the little placards on it with the, the maple leaf, you know, and you, you understand. So they just, they just, they just ripped the stickers off and they just ripped the stickers off and put uh, new yeah, stickers on major. They were all it's like, you can't hear me somehow. Black. Were you talking? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead, major. The next year we went in to vote. All these dominion machines were camouflaged. They painted them all flat black. Go figure. 
There's a bunch of local warrant articles in New Hampshire that uh, I know a whole bunch of people are going around and getting signatures. Um, Bradford, New Hampshire, the guy got all the signatures. He's a farmer friend of mine to ban uh, electronic voting machines uh, basically at the local level. And that's actually happened. And there's actually legislation to remove these voting uh, uh, machines, too. I don't know what it's called or whatever, but I know that was supposed to be introduced. So that would be good. But, yeah, we see what happened to uh, Venezuela after they introduced electronic voting machines. So the parasite class could essentially win all the elections and have all the power and then implode the entire country. Hyperinflate the currency. Yep, all of that stuff. And, uh, yeah. But that's cool, the Venezuelan. Of all the people declared to have, have free and honest elections, Venezuela, that'll damn near make you gag. Yeah. Yeah. What is the legalese definition of free and honest uh, elections? Uh, you know that that needs to be determined before you can even have a conversation of what free and honest, free and honest, fair and honest, or whatever. Because um, yeah, I, I don't believe any of these elections are fair and honest anywhere. Well, what What's the definition of the Department of Justice? Just <laughs> us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you know who has a, a fair election? Uh, these TV shows like American Idol or the yeah. the Worst Singer or whatever these are, I you know I don't watch any of them, but uh, they've got it licked, right? Sure. Like uh, one call per phone number, right? You get one vote and uh, <laughs> they that. tabulate all of it, and they do it like within like a half an hour, you know, like before the show is over, they tabulate all of this stuff. Yeah, blockchain technology would really make it, um, you know, at least honest. Yeah. You remember the first show that started that whole trend? I think it was probably the Gong Show. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of Ed McMahon. What was that show? Uh Star Star Search. Search. Yeah. <laughs> that's my Ed McMahon laugh. Been just after Johnny died, eh? That's that's the one. Yeah. So they can get it right. Uh you would think that you know, some organization with unlimited time unlimited money and otherwise unlimited resources could get something like this right and then they would no longer have unlimited money unlimited resources and unlimited time and that's why they don't if they were actually serving and protecting and securing the rights of the people right which they're obviously not major well, if they don't spend all of their budget next year, they go to the House Appropriations Committee. They'll be cut. Heavens to Bessie, we can't have that. Yeah, Silver so Dave we spend ten percent beyond our budget, so we can prove we need more money. Silver Dave often talks about the military spendex, and one of the oh, things God. that he did in the Special Forces, he was talking about being somewhere, and they had millions of rounds of like fifty cal that they had to shoot. Now they couldn't just take, you know containers of 50 cal and just dynamite them or blow them up they actually had to shoot them through a gun which is very labor intensive but they had to spend it in order to ask for the money again so basically the the military is all about just wasting you know uh, obnoxious amounts of you know munitions just in general so they can give more you know so they can get more contracts to the you know the munitions manufacturers actually one of my favorite things that silver dave has said is uh um, each Tomahawk missile has about 500 ounces of silver in each one. It just blows up, disintegrates. Yep. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more 
all for free at freetalklive.com.